Welcome to another UCTV.TV podcast presented by University of California Television. Today's reading is a very special event um, in conjunction with the 30th anniversary of the Korean Studies Center. Um, so today, um, please do welcome our director, Robert Haas, who will introduce this afternoon's distinguished guests from Korea. Thank you. Thanks, and thank you all for coming. This is a special event, and it, it originated when, because uh, Brenda Hillman and I were in Seoul, um, uh, and we met a group of poets, including some of the women who are here, and coming to know something about Korean poetry, understood that there was this incredibly interesting phenomenon that a whole generation of really exciting uh, women writers had emerged in a country in which poetry means so much that we thought that it would be wonderful to get them here, but it took magic in the person of Claire Yu to make that possible, uh, that it corresponded with the uh, occasion of the celebration of the 30th anniversary of the Korean Studies Center. So we need to begin by thanking Claire for making this happen. There are three things to say about the interest of Korean poetry. One is Korean poetry, like Polish poetry, has part of its excitement that it has this terrible geography that trapped it between China and Japan uh, in the middle of a violent period. And as the Polish poets emerged to address that broken legacy, so did the Korean poets emerge, especially from a time when, because of Japanese colonialism, uh, people tried to suppress the Korean language. It gave the language enormous power and, and put the poets under a complicated obligation. And it's made their poetry, to me, enormously exciting. That's number one. It's exciting in itself. Number two is the legacy of our two countries, of Korea, South Korea and North Korea, four three countries, and the United States, is a complicated one and a deep one. Um, much of the history of, of, the, of, of the relation between the two countries has to do with the way in which two and a half million people were killed during the Korean War because Korea, the two Koreas or the fight over the future of Korea after Japanese colonialism became the subject of power politics between the, the, the two blocks in the, in the, in the world. So um, we owe people of the United States owe a complicated and deep moral debt to the people of Korea and our fates as peoples are interlocked to this day in interesting and complicated ways. Finally, there's just the interest of the emergence of this group of gifted poets. My, my quick take on this is that in South Korea, in the Republic of Korea from 1950 to the present, there, has been a, there was a kind of split between two groups of poets and a poetry in which culture poetry really mattered. One was a group that were aesthetically minded, open to the West and to uh, experimental influences, and another that was politically minded and interested in anti-imperialism and in traditional Korean forms in the democracy movement. And it feels to me, this may or may not be true, like one of the things that happened in this generation of poets is that these gifted women just simply changed the subject. <laughs> they... My impression is that they're writing across a great range of styles, as great a range of styles as happening in America right now. Partly, but they wrote not only about women's subject matter, though they did write about women's subject matter, but from inwardness, from a whole bunch of reasons, they, they've changed and, uh, the, the, the course and direction of uh, Korean poetry. We've had two of these in the, history, in the 20th century history in American poetry. One was the the great generation of, uh, of women modernist poets, Gertrude Stein, H.D., um, Marianne Moore, um, among others. And then again in the 1960s with the breakthrough of the group of poets that we associate on the one hand with, with Anne Sexton, uh, Sylvia Plath, 
and and the emergence of also of a, of a group of uh, experimental poets coming out of the practice of people like Laureen Niedecker and others. So we've had these two, and it seems like something like both of these things are happening at once in Korean poetry in this generation. That's my impression. Anyway, I want to say to the Korean poets, we're so grateful that you're here. We, knew, you, we know you drove, flew a long way to get here, and we're, gl- and we're glad you're going to be here. So today they will read a poem or two in Korean, and then... Um, and then um, uh, uh, Volunteers will come up and read the poems in English. And I will start by introducing uh, a poet who is here for the semester and in Berkeley and who we hope some of you will get to know. Otherwise, Choi Jong-ri was born in 1956. She has a PhD in Korean poetry from Korea University. She's the author of four books of poems, including Tigers in Sunlight, which received a prestigious literary prize, and Dry Red Field, which won a yet more prestigious literary plot prize. She was awarded the Modern Literature Prize for the body of her work last year. She's been a fellow at the University of Iowa's International Writing Program, where we had the opportunity to meet her and where uh, Brenda and uh, was able to begin to work with her on the translation of her poems. And Wayne DeFremery, who you'll also meet in the course of things, have been working with the, these translations. Anyway, please welcome Choi Jongri. Where are you? There you are. It's my great pleasure to share my poetry with you in this gorgeous room. I read. First, 냇물의 철조망을 읽겠습니다. 냇물의 철조망. 우리 모두는 사랑하는 일을 향하여 흐르는 강물이다. 어제는 그렇다고 생각했는데 오늘은 아닌 것 같다. 조금 바람이 불었는데 한 가지의 나뭇잎 잎이 서로 다른 곳을 보며 다른 춤을 추고 있다 저 너머 하늘에 재난 속에서 허덕이다가 조용히 정신을 차린 것 같은 모습으로 구름도 흘러가고 있다 공중에서 무슨 형이상학적 추수를 하는 것 같다 Barbed wire in a stream This poem is about the barbed wire between North and South North and South Korea, and how it can stop our physical bodies from crossing, but it cannot stop a river, and it cannot stop love. We are river water flowing for the objects of our love. Or so it seemed yesterday, but not today. A little breeze blew, and leaves on a branch, each looking in a different direction. Gasps in calamity in the sky beyond, And then the clouds flow away too, quietly coming to their senses, it would seem. In the air, it would seem some kind of metaphysical harvest. (laughs) 군복을 염색해 입은 청년이 수갑이 채워진 채 끌려와 고개를 수그리고 있었다. 순경이 다그쳤다. 이 집이지. 바로 여기서 훔쳤지. 그의 짙은 검은 눈썹 같은 어둠이 수십 년이 지난 지금 갑자기 점은 내 저녁 문 앞에 몰려와 다그친다. 나는 밝은 날다 흘려버리고 막다른 골목 같은 이 저녁이 막막해서 그저 네, 네 고개를 끄덕인다. 정말 나는 검은 잠바를 입고 온그 저녁에게 빛나는 노떼야와 검은 구두 한 켤레를 내어줄 수나 있는 것인지. A thief caught at dusk. All that we owned was a well-polished brass wash basin and my father's pair of black shoes. A young man in dyed fatigues was dragged before us in handcuffs. He hung his head. 
The officer press, this one, right? You stole it from this house, yeah? The dark of the boy's thick black eyebrows comes back years later, suddenly pressing in pursuit at my dim evening door. My bright days are going, and my life like this evening is like a blind alley. Yes, yes, I nod. Do I really have that shiny brass basin and my father's black shoes to give him, that dusk hair in his dark jacket? And blinks. If I ran into you, I wouldn't recognize you, I don't think. Collecting the groceries and opening my purse and paying and rummaging in my pockets, wondering what I forgot, as if leaving that place. Sometimes, when a pain that I can't locate shoots through me, I take aspirin and bang my face into my pillow trying to sleep. Trying to sleep, and then the stain on the ceiling rides the walls and spreads, and my knees creak and my cough rattles. Why? Why this? Really? Why does it have to be like this, I say, pawing the air and then not? One day, a peony, big as a soup bowl, blooms without sound and blinks a few times like the eyes of an obedient animal, and falls and lies down. I thought there was a day like this, but when it was or what it signified, I don't know. If the street corner crumbled and you were right there, I couldn't pick up everything that fell. I couldn't possibly recover. Every day was like that, and that day too. I blinked. I rummaged in my pockets. I left that place. Our second poet is uh, Choi Young-mi. She was born in 1961, received her BA in Western Art History from Seoul National University and an MA in Art History from Hongik University. When the democratization struggle of 1980, this is a turning point in Korean history that's... um, Kent State times 2,500. When the the democratization struggle turned into a bloody massacre of students by the military in Gwangju, Choi became active in the student pro-democracy struggle. Her first volumes of poems, At 30, the Party Was Over, good title, has sold over half a million copies. She's the author of a second volume of poems, Bicycling in Dreamland, and a book of travel essays, Melancholy of the Era. Her volumes are included in one of the best books of translations of Korean poetry. I think it's available for sale here. We'll get a look at it later. And reading with her, Wayne, are you reading with, is Wayne Defremery, who's a graduate student in... um, uh, Korean poetry at Harvard University, living in Seoul, who's also uh, comes from a family and 
carries on a tradition of independent Bay Area literary publishing. So let's welcome Joy. Um, hello, Buckley. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm re a little bit nervous because it's my first time to read my poems uh, out of my home country. So, okay. <laughs> the poems I'm going to read uh, are not my best. My best poems have not uh, been translated and have never been published in English. I choose these poems simply because they are short. Okay? <laughs> so, let's read a short poem by Cheongmi. Okay? <laughs> 낙엽과 아이. 어디선가 나뭇잎 하나가 떨고 있다. 어디선가 나뭇잎이 날아와 떨어진다. 누군가에게 발굴되어 차가운 비유로 빛나기 위해 그를 밀어낸 위대한 태양과 대지의 비밀을 알려주기 위해 계절의 공공연한 유물로 전시되기 위해 어디선가 나뭇잎이 흔들리고 맹렬히 저항하다 땅에 떨어지고 어디선가 자연의 장난감을 주우려 울음을 그친 아이가 있다. 어디선가 가난잎 하나가 하늘을 가리킨다. 목숨이 다하면 놓아버리는 순리들. Dead leaf and child. Somewhere a leaf is shaking on its branch. A leaf is plucked by the wind and falls. That it might shine and be taken as a cold metaphor in the midst of someone's excavation, that it might announce the secrets of the great sun and earth, and that it might be exhibited as an open remains of the season. Somewhere, a leaf is pulled by the wind and descends to the ground after much resistance. And somewhere is a child who stops crying long enough to pick up that sudden toy of nature. Somewhere the tip end of a dead leaf points to the sky, to the reason things come and the reason things go, midway through the long last breath. Okay. At the fruit stand, okay. the title is At the fruit stand. 사과는 복숭아를 모르고, 복숭아는 포도를 모르고, 포도는 시어 토라진 밀감을 모르고, 이렇게 너희는 서로 다른 곳에서 왔지만, 어느 가을날 오후, 부부처럼 만만하게 등을 댄 채, 밀고, 당기며, 불그락, 푸르락, 한 세상이 아름다워지려는구나. at the fruit stand. Apples do not know peaches. Peaches do not know grapes. Grapes do not know the sour tangerines. You all came from different places, yet one autumn afternoon, leaning so easy on each other's backs like married couples, pushing and pulling, turning red and blue, the world is becoming beautiful. And I regret that I didn't bring a fruit basket with apples and peaches, okay? So, and actually, uh, actually this version of translation of my poem uh, was translated by myself, so uh, would you allow me to, uh, re to read uh, at the fruit stand once more, okay? At the fruit stand, apples do not know peaches. Peaches do not know grapes. Grapes do not know those sour tangerines. You all came from different places. Yet, one autumn afternoon, leaning so easy on each other's back like married couples, 
pushing and pulling, turning red and blue. This world is becoming beautiful. The translation is beautiful, I think. So, okay. So, and, and the last poem is, At 30, the party was over. Sorun Chanchinun Kunnatta. Mulunnanun Algoitta. Nega Undong Bodado Undongadel. Sulbodado Sulmasinun Punigir Tauju and Danangor. Grigo Verolten, Tungio Rosia Kanun Tujengaganira. Najim Moksoriro, Sarang Noreda Chilgat Danangor. Kurna Teche Musun Sanganiran Maringa. Chanchinun Kunnatta. Sultorojigo, 누군가 그 대신 상을 차리고 새벽이 오기 전에 다시 사람들을 불러 모으리란 걸. 환하게 불 밝히고 무대를 다시 꾸미리라. 그러나 대체 무슨 상관이란 말인가. 30, I like the demonstrators more than the demonstrations, and the feel of the barroom more than the booze, and that when I was lonely I enjoyed love songs in a low voice more than all the combative ditties that began with comrades. And this makes no difference at all. The party was over. Drinks ran out. People poked their wallets back into their pockets, and my love, too, finally walked out while the rest of them tallied the last calculation and left after finding their shoes. But I know that someone will stay here until it's all over and clean the table before the owner comes out and work up a batch of hot tears, remembering all that happened, and someone will sing changes into the song he left unfinished. Perhaps, perhaps someone will prepare a table instead of him and gather everyone up again. Lights will be turned back on. The stage will be readied. And this makes no difference at all. Thanks so much. Thank you, Youngmi, so much. Um, our next reader is um, Huang Insuk. I should say to those of you who don't know otherwise that in Korean the family name is said first and then the and then the personal name. So, um, to, for us, for, in, in American, it's Unsuk Huang, I guess. She was born in Seoul in 1958, graduated from Seoul Institute of the Arts with a degree in creative writing. She's received several awards for her poetry, including the East-West Literary Prize, the Kim Soo-young Literary Prize. She's also the author of People in the Roof, a novel, and several collection of, of essays. And her poems are available in the anthology translated by Peter Lee uh, called Echoing Song. Um, and reading... Her, with her is going to be uh, our own uh, Sandra Lim, uh, graduate of the Berkeley PhD program and uh, poet you'll be hearing from on Saturday. So, uh, welcome, please. Yin Suk Wang.
이국에서 듣는 모국어처럼 그것은 부드럽고 신선하게 내 귀에 스며든다. 방금 지나가는 노란 택시는 이 순간 고요하고 투명하다. 덜컹거리며 들어서는 외길을 햇살은 감싼다. 햇살은 또내 가슴 속으로 출렁거리며 들어와 순식간 나의 영혼을 일고 외기로 범람시킨다. 커피잔과 흰 탁자와 유리창 바깥거리가 물속에서처럼 흔들린다. 어떤 말 속에서 우연히 그가 영혼이라고 말하자 가랑잎들은 동요하여 되뇌인다. 영혼, 영혼이라고. 그가 영혼이라고 말했다. 그 말은 야 되게신 오렌지처럼 향기로운 햇빛 피의 산미를 더해주는 바람 나의 피톨들은 햇살을 가르고 수억개의 팔랑개비처럼 돌아간다. 
comes earlier and earlier. Clearly, sorrow works too hard. It shakes me quietly, watches over me while I wake, bows to me reverently, and stays with me all day. Sorrow leaves me lying for a short while, sings to me of what happened yesterday, the day before yesterday, the day before the day before yesterday. Sorrow's low, husky voice makes me burst into tears. Sorrow sighs lightly and stops its song and asks me what I plan to do today. I don't know, I mumble. Sorrow raises me up, opens the window and folds the blanket. Sorrow opens a book for me, receives a phone call, warms water for washing up, and carefully asks if I want breakfast. I don't want to eat food prepared by sorrow. Sorrow follows me in my outings, but disappears every now and then, walking toward my room step by step. I know sorrow waits patiently, crouched, filling the room. Thank you. Thank you. It's gorgeous. Um, our next reader is uh, Moon Chung Hee. Uh, Chung Hee has visited Berkeley once, once before. We got to know her a little bit and um, and had a wonderful long evening in uh, in uh, uh, Seoul with her. She was born in 1947. Published her first award-winning book of poems in 1969. Her books include Wild Rose for Men, When I See Tall Man, and Come False Love. She has won a bunch of poetry awards. She teaches creative writing at Dongguk University in Seoul. Two of her books, and she's an immensely popular poet in, in Korea. Two of her books are available in English, Moonflower and Woman on a Terrace, which I think was translated by, is that you? Richard, you, was, you did? It's uh, uh, Dennis uh, Malone. Ah. Anyway, translations or Claire, did you do one of those books? Is that you're doing? Uh huh. Uh huh. I see. We have Wo Joe Robert Hawks as the translator. Anyway, we're very pleased to have Moon back to Berkeley. Moon Chung Hee back to Berkeley. Please welcome her. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm very happy and excited to see you. Uh, I will not forget this joy uh, that you have given me today. Thank you very much. Uh, my first poem is called Song of Arrows. 화살 노래. Mulgetenda. 한번 쓰고 나면 어딘가에 박혀 다시는 돌아오지 않기 때문이다. 날카롭고 무성한 화살 숲 속에 살아있는 생명 심장 한 가운데 박혀 오소소 퍼져가는 토크는 불꽃 새 경전의 첫 장처럼 새 말로 시작하는 사랑을 보면 목젖을 떨며 조금 울게 된다. 너는 물보다도 불보다도 돈보다도 더 많이 말을 사용하다 가리라. 말이 제일 큰 재산이니까. 이 말을 할 때면 정말 조금 울게 된다. Song of Arrows. When I say this, I always cry a bit. In your life, you'll use more words 
then you'll use fire, water, or money. So gather your words and use them well. People compare words not to swords but to arrows, for like arrows, words once used don't return. In a thick wood of pointed arrows, there's a heart pierced by words that spread poison or fire. When I fall in love with fresh new words, it's like the first chapter of a newfound holy book, and I cry a little, my lips tremulous. I'll use more words than I'll use fire, water, or money, for words are the most precious thing I own. When I say this, I always cry a bit. Uh, my next poem is called Husband, 남편. 남편. 아버지도 아니고 오빠도 아닌 아버지와 오빠 사이에 촌수쯤 되는 남자. 내게 잠못 이루는 연애가 생기면 제일 먼저 의논하고 물어보고 싶다가도 아차 다 되어도 이것만은 안 되지 하고 돌아 누워버리는 세상에서 제일 가깝고 제일 먼 남자. 이 무슨 원수인가 싶을 때도 있지만 지구를 다 돌아다녀도 내가 낳은 새끼들을 제일로 사랑하는 남자는 이 남자일 것 같아 다시금 오늘도 저녁을 짓는다. 그러고 보니 밥을 나와 함께 가장 많이 먹은 남자 전쟁을 가장 많이 가르쳐준 남자 Neither father nor my brother He's the man standing somewhere in between, someone who is closest yet so remote. When I'm suffering from insomnia, I'm inclined to ask for his advice. Oops, no, anything but that. So I silently turn away from him in bed, sometimes my enemy, other times the only man on earth who holds my children so dear. So I make dinner for him again. This man I've dined with so many times. This man who has taught me how to fight. Um, my next poem is called Putting on Makeup. 화장을 하며 입술을 자주색으로 칠하고 나니 거울 속에 속국의 공주가 앉아있다. 내 작은 얼굴은 국제 자본의 각축장 거상들이 만든 허구의 드라마가 명실공이 그 절정을 이룬다. 좁은 영토에 만국기 펄럭인다. 금년 가을 유행색은 섹시 브라운. 샤넬이 지시하는 대로 볼련지를 칠하고 예쁜 여자의 신화 속에 스스로를 가두니 이만하면 음모는 제법 완성된 셈. 가끔 소스라치며 자신 속의 노예를 깨우치지만 매혹의 인공향과 부드러운 색조가 만든 착시는 이미 저항을 잃은 지 오래다. 시간을 손으로 막기 위해 육체란 이렇듯 슬픈 향을 찍어 발라야 하는 것일까? 안간힘처럼 에스텔로더의 아이라이너로 검은 철책을 두르고 디오르 한 방울을 귀 밑에 살짝 뿌려 마무리한 후 드디어 외출 준비를 마친 속국의 여자는 비극 배우처럼 서서히 몸을 일으킨다. I'm not sure I'm going to get the tone of this right. The delivery is everything here. Um, and apologies in advance for some, some maybe bad French pronunciations that's about to come your way. All right. Um, putting on makeup, painting my lips scarlet, I see in the mirror a vain princess all made up. My small face an array of international cities, a theater where fictitious dramas staged by cosmetic illusionists converge, a small territory where lavish flags wave. Sexy brown is the color a la mode this fall. 
rouging my cheeks as Chanel instructs, adhering to the myth of glamour. I realize the conspiracy is almost complete. Occasionally, frightened at my mind's enslavement, I'm once again bewitched by cloying perfume, an apparition painted in soft tones, and my sporadic protests are weak. To stop time's winged chariot, need I be adorned in such sad fragrance? With Estee Lauder eyeliner, I carefully draw a dark border around my eyes and dab a drop of Christian Dior behind my ears. The colonized femme elegant, ready to sortie, she makes her entrance slowly like a tragic heroine. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chung-hee. Our reader was, of course, Myung-mi Kim, who in many ways originated Korean-American poetry and, um, and whose uh, book, Under Flags, was um, one of the crucial books to come out of experimental women's writing in San Francisco in the 80s and whose work continues to amaze. We'll be hearing from her. And uh, the two of you are temperamentally such different poets. I'm so glad that this got recorded because it's really a very delicious moment for me to, to watch this happen. And I'm grateful for that. And its posterity has it. Nahiduk, um, uh, our last reader, was born in 1966. She earned a PhD in Korean language and literature at Yonsei University and is currently a professor of literature and creative writing at Chosun University in Gwangju in the south, that same city where uh, the terrible massacre occurred. Her first collection, To Root, was published in 1991. Her most recent work, The Song of the Morning and the Poem of the Evening, 2008. She's also published literary criticism, and she's won several awards. And this term, she's visiting in Iowa City, where um, Choi Jong-ri had visited before her. So um, she's had a little taste of the United States and come here probably by way of the Cedar Rapids Airport, which I remember (laughs) very well. Uh, And reading with her will be Giovanni Singleton. So please welcome Heida Ah. Thanks for having me. Uh, the first uh, the first poem is When Did My Shadow Go? Grimjan은 어디로 갔을까? 아침마다 서둘러 출근을 하지만 그림자는 집에 있다. 그를 두고 나오는 날이 계속되고 거리에서 나는 활짝 웃는다. 그림자 없이도 웃는 법을 익힌 뒤로는 내등 뒤에 그림자가 없다는 걸 아무도 눈치채지 못한다. 구내식당에서 점심을 먹을 때 집에서 혼자 밥 말아먹고 있을 그림자. 그림자 없이도 밥 먹는 법을 익힌 뒤로는 내가 호쩍가락을 들고 있다는 걸 마주하진 사람도 알지 못한다. 어느 저녁 집에 돌아와 보니 그림자가 없다. 안방에도 서재에도 베란다에도 화장실에도 없다. 겨울날에 외투도 입지 않고 어디로 갔을까? 신발도 없이 어디로 갔을까? 어둠 속에 우두커니 앉아 그림자를 기다린다. 그가 나를 오래 기다렸던 것처럼. Where did my shadow go? I hurry to my office every morning while my shadow stays home. Days pass when I leave him at home and laugh in the street. Once I learn how to smile without my shadow, no one can tell there is no shadow behind my back. When I eat lunch at the cafeteria, my shadow eats rice and soup alone. Once I learn how to eat without my shadow, even the person sitting across from me won't know 
that I am holding a single chopstick. One evening when I came home, my shadow was gone. I couldn't find him in the room, study, veranda, or in the bathroom. Where had he gone in the cold weather without his coat and shoes? Sitting in the dark, I waited for my shadow as he had waited so long for me. The second poem is Scale and Stairs. 음계와 계단 예배당 뒷문 계단을 걸어 올라가면 재단 구석 검고 슬픈 짐승처럼 놓여있던 피아노 한대 피아노에 비친 아이는 피아노를 열고 조심스럽게 연주를 시작했다. 얼었던 건반을 손가락의 체온으로 다 녹이기에 아이의 손은 너무도 작고 여렸지만 예배당의 냉기 속으로 울려 퍼지던 음들은 열 살의 아이가 가까스로 피어올린 향과도 같은 것이었다. 그러나 갑자기 뒷문이 열리고 사찰 집사가 노모를 모시고 나타나면 아이는 피아노를 닫고 계단을 내려와야 했다. 재단에는 두 개의 낡은 방석이 놓여지고 무릎 꿇고 앉은 노파와 그의 아들은 알수 없는 방언으로 또 하나의 제사를 올리는 것이었다. 두 사람의 은밀한 제사를 뒷문 계단에서 훔쳐보며 아이는 광기의 황홀함을 배우기 시작하고 냉기를 향해 피워올렸던 음들은 다시 건반과 함께 얼어가기 시작했다. 피아노의 검은 빛은 모자의 제사를 그 길들여진 도치와 반복의 몸짓을 오래오래 말없이 비추어주고 있었다. 피아노가 음계를 가질 수 있는 것은 검은 빛으로 빨아들인 몇 개의 풍경이 있기 때문이다. 그리고 건반을 다시 울리기 위해 아이가 뒷문 계단에 앉아 기다리는 동안 밖은 반음씩 어두워져 갔다. Scale and Stairs If you climbed up the back stairs to the church, a piano stood like a sad black animal in a corner of the nave. The child reflected in the black sheen of the piano, opened the cover, and cautiously began to play. Though her hands were too small to thaw the frozen keyboard, the sound rising into the cold air of the church was incense for a ten-year-old to burn. The back door opened, and when the deacon and his old mother entered, she shut the cover and walked down the stairs. There were two cushions in the nave where the old woman and her son knelt to worship in a strange tongue. The child learned the fascination of frenzy watching their ecstatic worship on the stairs. The sound rising into the cold air froze again along with the keyboards. For a long time, the black sheen of the piano silently reflected their prayers, their frenzy, the gestures they repeated. A piano has scales because its blackness swallowed some landscapes. And while the child sat on the stairs waiting to play, the air darkened by a half-tone. 소풍 얘들아 소풍 가자 해지는 들판으로 나가 넓은 바위에 상을 차리 잡구나 붉은 노을에 밥 말아 먹고 빈 밥그릇에 별도 달도 놀러오게 하자 살면서 잊지 못할 몇 개의 밥상을 받았던 내가 이제는 그런 밥상을 너희에게 차려줄 때가 되었나 보다 가자 얘들아 저 들판으로 가자 오갈 데 없이 서러운 마음은 정육점에 들러 고기 한 근을 사고 
그걸 싸서 입에 넣어줄 채소도 뜯어왔단다. 한입한입 뜯을 때마다 비명처럼 흰 진액이 배어나왔지. 그리고 이 포도주가 왜 이리 붉은지 아니? 그건 돼지가 흘린 땀으로 바닷물이 짠 것처럼 엄마가 흘린 피를 한 방울씩 모은 거란다. 그러니 얘들아 꼭꼭 씹어 삼켜라. 그게 엄마의 안창살이라는 걸 몰라도 좋으니 오늘은 하루살이 때처럼 잉잉거리며 먹자. 언젠가 오랜 대세김질 끝에 내가 먹고 자란 게 무엇인지 알게 된다면 너도 내 몸으로 밥상을 차릴 때가 되었다는 뜻이란다. 그때까지, 그때까지는 저 노을빛을 이해하지 않아도 괜찮다. 다만 이 바위에 둘러앉아 먹는 밥을 잊지 말아라. 그 기억만이 내 허기를 달래줄 것이기에. 백낙 Children, let's have a picnic. Let's go to the field of the setting sun and spread our food on the big rock. Let's eat steamed rice with red twilight soup, and the moon and stars will play in the empty bowl. In my life, I've had several unforgettable tables laid for me, and now it's time for me to treat you to the same food. Let's go, children, to the field. My sad heart had no place to visit, so I stopped by the butcher's to buy two pounds of beef and gathered some greens to eat with it. One by one, I pulled them up, their white sap oozing out like moans. And do you know why this wine is so red? Every drop of your mother's blood is gathered in it, as seawater is salted with the sweat of the earth. So, children, chew everything up before you swallow. It doesn't matter if you don't know what this is your mother's that this is your mother's choice meat. Just eat it like buzzing day flies. But if after long rumination you realize what the meat was, that you ate, it means that it's time for you to prepare a table with your own body. Until then, until such time, there is no need to understand this twilight. But don't forget the food you eat on the rock. Only this memory will satisfy your hunger. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.